0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Late Tackle. My name is Dagan Martin and I'm basically going to be talking about rugby. I think the name is really appropriate because I'm late to the party. Um, Both the Six Nations and Super Rugby kicked off last weekend and it's already probably Friday and new rugby starting soon so yeah I really need to catch up. But the podcast is basically going to be catching you up on anything rugby union that's happened on the weekend. And I'm going to offer some opinions on the matches, but just as a warning, I'm no rugby expert. I played rugby in high school and I did a couple years of refereeing, but beyond that, I'm just a huge fan of the sport. This episode of Late Tackle, I'm going to be focusing on the first weekend of the Six Nations. The first round kicked off with a game of Wales versus Italy. And while it was an exciting game of rugby, there isn't much to discuss because the result was pretty predictable. I think everyone expected Wales to win. They just won by quite a large margin. It was interesting though, because Wales played a much more attacking brand of rugby than they normally do, and showed their versatility. And their willingness to swing the ball around the pitch. And you can see this in the score line. Italy was absolutely thrashed going down 42 nil. This new attacking style was an aim of the freshly appointed head coach Wayne Pivak, who succeeded the defensive genius Warren Gatland. Despite the huge score, it was quite surprising that the possession and territory stats were neck and neck, which is actually a testament to the Welsh defence, that should never be underestimated. The game started off badly for Italy, after conceding three early penalties that Dan Bigger slotted over with ease. This followed simple crisp passing from the Welsh back line that came from a line out in the Italian half, this led to the first try of the match, Lee Halfpenny, drew in the Italian defence before putting Josh Adams into the corner. The next try came from a sheer flash of class and magic from Dan Bigger, as he made a pass through his legs that allowed Adams to score in the same corner as before. After a turnover by Wales, the Italian defence was too slow to reset, leaving a hole for substitute Nick Tompkins, who was on his debut, to pull off an amazing individual try. We displayed some brilliant footwork to score under the sticks. The fourth try came from George North, but with the sheer strength of Alan Wayne Jones tugging him over the line. Playing an extra time, despite already securing the bonus point, Wales wanted more. Strong carries from the forwards set up Adams to crash over the line, this being his third try of the evening, and he got that well-deserved hat-trick. My man of the match has to go to Adams'. With his display of power and speed and getting that hat trick. The next game that was played was Ireland versus Scotland. This was a much closer match than Italy versus Wales, and for most of the game, it seemed like either team could take the win. However, Scotland made too many unforced errors that cost them the match, one via hogs that was a particular blight. The final score was 19-12 to Ireland. An early penalty allowed Hastings to get Scotland on the scoreboard first. But this didn't last long, as Ireland, playing with advantage in the Scottish 22, scored the first try of the match. Some impressive quick hands by the Irish forwards created an overlap that Sexton took advantage of. Hastings took another shot on goal through a penalty bringing the points difference to one, although he was very close to missing. Unfortunately, he missed his next penalty, which lost Scotland the opportunity to regain the lead. Sexton didn't have the same issue, though, and he slotted his penalty attempt with five minutes left to go until half time. And oh my, never did the mistake of the Scottish hurt more. In the second half, Stuart Hogg dropped the ball as he stepped over the line. His over-the-top celebration after not quite scoring, was pretty funny, especially since you could see on the TMO screen that it was a clear knock-on. Later, Scotland converted a penalty, and after some debating, Ireland decided to take the points when they were later afforded a penalty close to the polls. This took their lead up to seven, with a fair portion of the game left to pay. One last penalty for Scotland, and the game was over. Scotland did have some amazing attack, playing almost like Fiji at times. Unfortunately, timely interventions stifled the Scottish attack as often as they reached the Irish 22. My man of the match, undoubtedly, is Johnny Sexton, whose accurate kicking and try were the only points scored by Ireland. The final game that was played in the weekend for the Sixth Nation was the highlight for me. It was England versus France. England made mistake after mistake and couldn't break through the French defense for the majority of the game. But the most interesting thing for me was that the battle began even before the match started. England coach Eddie Jones began his trademark trash talk. This is what he had to say. France can expect absolute brutality from England. We are going to go out there to make sure they understand what test rugby is. It is about being brutal, it is about being physical, and it is about dominating the set piece. He definitely came to regret his words, because in reality, France brought the brutality to England, and spurred on by their home crowd, they repelled attack after attack, defending their line with ferocity. In Eddie Jones's defence, for a short period, England did dominate the set piece, especially the line-out, where France often fell short. The French scrum was also faltering, but well-timed substitutes ensured the scrum dominance didn't last long. England began the game with a set move that, as a Springbok fan, actually made me laugh. They attempted to set up a maul in the middle of the field, just like the South African team did in the World Cup final. Whereas in the final, it secured the box an important penalty, the English forwards just got it terribly wrong. They didn't set the shape correctly and got stopped pretty much immediately by the French pack. This was a glimpse into the future of the game, where an English team made mistake after mistake while the French defended brilliantly. Credit needs to be given to the coaching staff of France. For the first time in a while, they seemed like a team that clicked. A team that knew when to offload and that a player would be there, similar to the trust that the All Blacks have. New head coach Fabian Galti, sorry if I butchered that pronunciation, and newly appointed defence coach Sean Edwards, who is from the Wales coaching team, lifted the work rate of the French. They were aggressive in their tackles and quick to the breakdowns. But towards the end of the second half, you could see the fatigue come through and they were slowing down. But with time, fitness will improve and I think that France will be a definite team to watch. There was one area of the game where you could see a clear battle, and that was at the fullbacks. There were two debutants in the number 15 jersey, George Furbank for England and Anthony Bautier for France. And in the rainy conditions, it was so important for them to be able to catch the high ball, which both teams looked to utilize in the conditions. For portions of the game, it seemed more like ping pong than rugby. The fullbacks also needed to be able to clear the ball effectively and make decisions under pressure. In all these facets Boutier was the clear winner while Furbank had a terrible game knocking on at a moment when there was a clear opportunity to score a try. But you can't blame Furbank only because he was thrown in to the deep end at test level. But Boutier really showed his class when he kicked a spiral kick 85 meters with ease. Something I haven't seen made to seem so effortless since Francois Steyn was in his prime. The game started well for France with a try five minutes in, with three key players in the back line getting involved. Scrum half Antoine Dupont, who performed brilliantly throughout the game, generated quick ball and passed it on to fly half Romain Intermac, who did a brilliant no-look pass back inside that caught the English team napping. This allowed winger Vincent Rattes to go over the line, still having to break through a tackle with a neat handoff. The second French try is definitely a bit of a controversy. A partially charged down kick from Dupont led to a supposed knock off of an English player that was caught by Rates. He then drew in the last defender and popped the ball to the surprisingly speedy flanker Charles Olivon, who ran in for the try. The issue was whether Olivon had knocked it on before Ratters caught it, or if it was knocked back by Courtney Laws. After a lengthy TMO check, the try was awarded. In my honest opinion, I think that it must have touched Olivon's hand, but regardless of that, Johnny May did a cardinal sin of rugby and didn't play to the whistle. He just stepped off Ratters and allowed him to run. Speaking of Olivon, the new French captain, he wasn't done there as him and Dupont linked up amazingly to score his second try of the match. With a bit of help from the wet grass, he slid a good couple meters to reach the line. The game was all but won at 24-0. Soon after the try was awarded, a big fight broke out that ended up getting both teams a warning from the referee. But I think it's just a showing of how passionate they were about the match. And also, I think it was a lot of frustration from England because they were getting beaten by so far at this point. Something that I noticed that I found very interesting was Eddie Jones' decision to change Tom Curry to an 8th man, and I think he was definitely thrown into the deep end and to the back of the scrum. I think he needs time to adjust to the number 8 jersey, but I'm sure with time he will make it his own. And Owen Farrell had an uncharacteristically bad game, making unforced errors and knocking the ball on most times he got it. Don't get me wrong, a couple of English players had a good game. George played really well, hardly putting a foot wrong, but the star of the show for England was Johnny May, who pulled two tries out of absolutely nothing. The first coming from his own kick, he chased his chip down before kicking it along the ground and regathering it over the try line. His second try was just as impressive. He cut through the French defense like a hot knife through butter. But this is where I think the fitness of the French team came in. 60 minutes in and the French weren't as quick to the tackles and to the breakdowns as they were before. And that allowed the two excellent solo tries by May that saved England from disgrace. A penalty kick after 80 minutes secured England the bonus point for being within 7. But France walked away with the deserved win and 3 points. The final score was 24-17. My man of the match has to be Olivon, who scored two tries and defended tirelessly. He really led from the front, and I think that the French team responded to that. Just to wrap up the podcast, I'm going to give you my opinion on who's going to win the next fixtures of the Six Nations. So the next fixtures are Ireland-Wales, Scotland England and France Italy I think that the game between Ireland and Wales is going to be incredibly tight but I think with Wales new attacking power and their existing solid defense I think they are just going to scrape through and beat Ireland Scotland England is going to be a very interesting game because Scotland has a very good record at home and coming off of England's bad form at the moment you never know But I think that England will come right and win that game ultimately. And finally, france Italy. I think that the French will win for sure. Unless Italy can pull something magic or France can just completely forget how to play rugby. But I don't think that's likely. So I think France will take that game. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the first episode of The Late Tackle. I'm just starting out slow with the Six Nations, but I'm hoping to add more rugby union to my discussions. Thanks again for listening. Bye.